0: Hello citizens of so-called democracy. This is Brian Courtney with Short Bus Debate Club. Today we're going to talk about transnational capital and uh, well my co-host Darren Jolly. This is something that's near and dear to his heart so I'll kind of let him do the intro and then we'll take it from there. Okay
1: so we've been talking about a lot of bits and pieces of uh, of the system lately, um, whether it's, you know, prison industrial complex, uh, you know, militarized police, all, all these various different spaces. Um, but uh, what, what I want to do is kind of take a step back and, and take it up to a, a little bit higher level of, uh, of, of abstraction. Um, and, and the reason why I think it's important to do that is the way you understand something Uh, guides how you act in relation to it so like the your 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 knowledge of it your knowledge of how it exists your knowledge of how it reproduces itself and informs um your your relationship to it and uh if the thing that you're trying to have knowledge about is out of joint so like if the thing itself does not reflect what you think you understand about it then you're not really going to be able to be very effective when you're trying to interact. With are them. you
0: talking about the fact that we don't have the knowledge about the things we're supposed to be embracing or upset about? Or are you talking about the fact that most people are adults and they don't fucking understand?
1: Well, I don't, I don't even know that this is necessarily adultish thing. I, I mean, so... It, the we,
0: information isn't available to us.
1: Well, so if, if I'm in the context of transnational capital... I don't think that we really have an, an effective frame of understanding it or how it, how it works. Like, it, if you don't have a way of understanding it, if you don't really understand how it exists, how it reproduces itself, how do you be an effective actor in trying to change that? Definitely? Okay,
0: so maybe I don't understand because I'm a adult. Uh-huh. So transnational capital to me means I'm a corporation and I have multiple locations all over the globe in addition to that that means that I'm moving money around from place to place to where it finally comes back to home and what I mean by home is wherever I want to park it in order to get the most benefit out of it so tax breaks I don't have to pay them if I park the money there Um, interest rates I get them better if I park the money there, um, that kind of thing. Is that what we're talking about? When okay, so
1: give me give me a minute. All right, just let me let me go, <laughs> let me go through it for a second. All right, it's, okay. it takes this is kind of big, so you know you you at least have to give me enough space to kind of to get there. So uh, when I think about transnational capital, all right, I think about so the gold standard, all the stuff that developed out of World War II, uh, the Bretton Woods agreements, right. Capital tended to tie in industrial ways, primarily through the nation states. That does not mean that they didn't go to other places and have industries in those spaces, but still. An American company was, generally speaking, an American company. Ford was an American company, right? In in 1970, right, when we went off the gold standard, we started to liberalize trade. Uh, We made it easier for capital to reorganize itself outside of the nation state at that point in time. So when that happened, it's not just that industry was reorganizing itself. It was that the political bodies that those industries went to had to reorganize themselves as well. And there had to be a consciousness inside of those actors that allowed for them to institute these strategies that protect their, their, their long-term financial positions. So what I'm suggesting is... They're still using the nation state, but they've sort of decoupled from the nation state. So you can't really talk about General Motors as having an interest in the United States in the same way that you did in the 1950s.
0: Well, no, because none of these corporations, whether or not we consider them American or or not, I mean, because these days, a lot of people would probably consider Toyota an American company. It's not an American company. You know, I mean, America bailed it out. They were almost bankrupt at the end of world War, or when World War II was going on, but we bought a shitload of Jeeps, um, or maybe that was Vietnam. It was one of those wars that bailed Toyota out. I think it was World War II. Anyway, um, a lot of people might think of Toyota as a an American company because they make a lot of Toyotas here. But that's because of those tax breaks I was talking about. Um, so with the way, and I think that this is the way most Americans feel, but I'm not sure, but with the way we are outsourcing our labor to third world inexpensive countries. I don't think that anybody thinks of any one company as being an American company anymore, because none of their shit is made in America. How
1: did how did how did the Trump phenomenon occur then? Though, I mean, all of these 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 uh, this affinity towards U.S. this U.S. that is is rooted in uh, in a in a devotion towards and and a lot of you know he he had this. I would call it
0: mass hypnosis. Okay,
1: but there were things that were said that were actually policy things, right? I mean, he had a right-wing populist position that said, we need to stop outsourcing this stuff. We need to reinvigorate industry. And, you know, whether you call it mass hypnosis or not, these are things that he said because they, they, they understood that there was a tendency in a certain direction and they wanted to reinvigorate it back in another direction. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, so when I'm talking about strategy here, right, I'm not talking about whether or not people have a consciousness about whether or not, country companies are simply tied to the united states anymore i'm talking about so the reactionary position that developed out of these people in 2016 was you know uh these sort of like rhetorical like pseudo fact like light 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 wing are starting to get heavier wing fascist tendencies inside of them the nation state is never going to be
0: what it was. What it was, but, yeah.
1: Right. So, I mean, what 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 I, uh, like, <clears throat> but it isn't just, <clears throat> excuse me.
0: <clears throat> but while he's clearing his throat, I will say that that's not just the case, and I don't think that he was saying this, but it's not just the case with the United States. That's also the case with Germany, with France, you know, and... In Romania and those Balkan countries, Germany and France are investing shitloads of money for their infrastructure, and they're hiring shitloads of labor in those countries because it's cheaper, and the money still comes back to them. Um, And I know that that isn't necessarily what you were trying to say, but it's easier now because of the fact that nobody is tethered to this idea. It is much easier now to create one world order than it would have been in 1950.
1: I would say yes and no, though, because there has been this weird reactionary backlash. I mean, with, with, with Brexit, I mean, you you bring up an, an interesting point with regards to the EU, right? Like, the EU was created in this certain way where rhetorically it was this one Europe thing, but there's no doubt that the that the financial positions in Brussels had a certain ben, you know, beneficial position. The industry in, in Germany had a certain beneficial position, and the way that, that the, the the banks locked from France over into those spaces in Germany, which which basically left, you know, Italy, Spain, Greece, you know. In, in these totally fucked situations, or like you 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 say the uh, uh, the ones that were former uh, Soviet satellite countries, uh, they they just want to have access to be able to work, so they migrate at that point in time. So they they've opened up the the borders to where they can go from one place to another. But inside of France and Germany, you know you you, you see somebody like uh, Marine Le Pen, you know in 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 France, who's like. France first, you know, we got to, you know, so there was, it, it went from Brexit to Frexit, you know?
0: You know, and that's a, that's a weird thing because I think, and I don't know why this has occurred, maybe because it's easy to scare people and to, to get votes, but this weird right wing xenophobic shit is happening on a global level. I mean, Hungary shut their fucking borders down, Um, you know, France first, Brexit. And on some level, I don't really blame them because, you know, like when I went to Germany, um, I preferred to use the, what is it, the Deutschmark um, as opposed to the Euro because it was cheaper for me to use the Deutschmark than the Euro when I went to Romania it was cheaper for me to use Romanian dollars than it was the Euro.
1: They were still, I didn't realize that they actually had other currencies that were
0: actually... Oh, fuck them. yeah, dude. And you can go, obviously, now you only use the pound. Uh-huh. But when you go to London, you can use the Euro or the pound. Uh-huh. Now, maybe that was their fucking mistake. Uh-huh. Maybe they should have said, it's just the Euro. If you want to be in the EU, you use the Euro or nothing, and I just said Euro, maybe I'm hungry. The Euro, <laughs> and not the Euro. Um, you, 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 so the, the,
1: the Euro, maybe you're hungry. Victor, Victor Urban, sorry. Right. right. <laughs>
0: um, and, and maybe that was their mistake, because then the Euro ended up being devalued. Um, and so... The benefit wasn't there, and I can kind of understand why, you know. Britain left.
1: Well, and, and now we're 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 getting into some weird weird zones. But I mean, you think about like the Articles of Confederation. One of the big reasons why they 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 came in and did what they did was because they they needed normal normalize uh, commerce in the in, in in the colonies, right? So that uh, they and they they needed to have a currency. I mean, they under they understood that so. Yeah. I mean, it would have been a lot more, but I mean, again, like that's a tough transition, you know, to go from, I mean, you need to, like you create an 18 month time period or something like that, where you go from, where you might still have some, uh, what, what's the, uh, the lira, you know, some, uh, yeah. what are the great, what's the Greek, uh, the Greek currency. I
0: can't remember, I can't remember all yeah. of them. I mean, but the, the point is yeah. there, and maybe they were in some kind of transition and that's why they had both, both. Currencies available. When,
1: when, 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 that was recent, though. That was in there. 2016,
0: 2017, 2018. Yeah, we're, 20, we're
1: 20 years removed from the introduction of the euro at that right. time, so they should have they should have found a way out of it to where I mean, I, well, I, no, I maybe can't.
0: for Romania especially because they had just been introduced okay, to the EU. Like a though, yeah. Um, but I know I was spending British pounds when I was in London.
1: Well, yeah, the pound never went away though. The pound never went away. That was the whole point of of, of the the UK becoming a part of it in the first place. They were never a full member. They were only part of their position was that they would maintain their own currency.
0: Well, then why was Germany doing it?
1: They they signed on for a different reason. I'm not sure. I mean, that's we'd have have to. Okay. So I I,
0: I don't want to go off base and I don't want to talk about strictly finance because I know you had some ultimate goal that you wanted to hit at least during this conversation. You wanted to say something and I keep fucking interrupting you. No,
1: it's okay. Well, I mean, I, I, I'll get there. I always get there at the end. I got the end last time. So I'm pretty sure I'll get there at the end this time too. So, <laughs> but, uh, so the thing that you were talking about, about right wing. Uh, so you, you, you had posited a, a couple of things there that I think are interesting in terms of like, The greater point that I'm trying to get at, and and one was that you said that there's a greater possibility for one world order right now than there ever had been historically, and I think that that was more true uh, eight years ago than it is right now. But that's only because of the rise of these. I mean, like you said, I mean, like Orban in in Hungary, uh, Bolsonaro in Brazil, uh, uh, Modi in India, uh, the the guy who's really calmed down in Turkey, I can't remember what his name is, but yeah, there's these right-wing reactionary positions that have developed that are really grounded in, you know, I mean, Modi's all about Indian, you know, India, 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 you know, Indian identity, India first. And that just sort of seems to be a tendency. So you have, you had a tendency through the liberaliz- liberalization of markets, through the the allowance of capital and Capitalist entities to decouple from nation states So that they shifted their production sites production to these other places that were cheaper over The course of about, you know, four or five six decades, right? And then you have the Trump phenomenon that responds uh, in reaction to that uh, all, You know, the you you look at the Steve Bannon circles where they were talking About the strategy in relation to that which was helping to cultivate all those different spaces that turn into our and all the other individuals that were doing the same kind of thing so you have one tendency going one direction and one tendency going going uh, the other direction but the vast majority of citizens on the planet still when they imagine social change you know i mean like what so if if you have this this sphere that is existing above where transnational capital is doing what it is that they want to do how how do you know i mean there's a huge Discontinuity between the way that our political systems reproduce ourselves and the way that these larger political economic systems reproduce themselves, where we have this fantasy that we can change them, but honestly, like, how much are we ever going to be allowed to affect
0: change mm, if change. it comes
1: to, if it comes into contact with these this 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 new sphere that's existing over and above? And I, when I say the new sphere, I'm, I mean you you use the term new world order, like. People automatically go to, you know, this conspiracy theory mindset. This is not conspiracy theory. Like at the beginning of NAFTA, right, if if Mexico wanted to be a part of NAFTA, they had to change. There were like 27 parts of their constitution that they had to change. They had communal properties that were called ajitos, and ajitos had to be removed from the Mexican constitution because private property was going to be paramount. If you're going to have foreign direct investment coming from the United States and from Canada, because, you know, it's it's a, it's all of us, right, then you have to be able to protect that uh, that investment, right? So there were certain changes that were demanded. There was, a, there was a guy that I was reading when I was an undergraduate named Stephen Gill, and he talked about this thing called new constitutionalism and de- disciplinary neoliberalism. So new constitutionalism was that. It was that where you go in and you change the legal structures of countries to make sure that they uh, they protect the the rights of capital when they're coming in, um, they safeguard that stuff. And uh, disciplinary, disciplinary, and neoliberalism is your it, it's the ways in which you force them to liberalize the markets. It's sort of like the way that the IMF, if you want money from us, you know, in the World Bank, right? You you have to do these things, and if you don't do them,
0: there will be fines and you. penalties and and whatever. And
1: we're going to get and as soon as we have you under that. Uh, the burden of that debt, then you're locked into that from here to, uh, to eternity essentially.
0: Yeah. So, no, I, so to answer your question, and this probably fucks everybody up. If, if we do have, you know, more than a handful of listeners, um, the answer is we probably can't make change. You know, the, so another fairly shitty movie that I enjoyed was The Accountant with Ben Affleck, and he played this hitman who had um, okay. autism. Autistic, yeah. yeah, but he told the girl in the movie, he said, "You know, you can't hide from somebody that can afford to give sixty-five million dollars back," and what you're talking about is essentially people that own these markets and these markets are everywhere. And we're talking about billions and billions of dollars that they do not want to be affected negatively.
1: Right.
0: Well, I was talking if you, if you break down the each individual market. company or okay. Okay. so, you know, these, whatever, fine. um, we, we can't. I mean, if if we start fucking with their money, then I have no doubt that they would kill us. The thing is, is that somewhere in my head, I think that, again, if we all banded together, because to kill five people is easy. To kill a million and five people is more difficult. So I I do think we can make change, that change may be small to begin with. Um, and hopefully, you know, it's, it's that baby step sort of notion where, you know, take a baby step and then you got to try to take another one. Um, and again, I, I could just be a fucking romantic and and that'll never happen. But if we don't do anything, then we'll never fucking know.
1: I, you know, I, 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 I'm down with the point that you're making, but there's a reason why when I started out, and I know it just seemed like a big tangent at the beginning, but so like... all epistemological foundations have to reflect ontological realities. What does that mean? That means the way that I understand something has to reflect the way that that thing is in the first place, because that's what informs how I interact with that thing, right? So I, again, I would never say don't do anything, but I do think that it's important for people to sit down and be like, okay, so we know that, if we just focus on voting on the president every four years, the, the system will see us as uh, being conscious about uh, maybe social issues, issues that we care about for a very short window of time.
0: Right. For six then, minutes every four years. And
1: then, and, then the, and that window of time disappears, which genuinely demonstrates that you don't understand anything about how the system reproduces itself. So, when I when I when I when I'm saying that I'm not I'm not saying, and I like I don't even know that like I'm saying that you know, I, I do this and then that person starts doing it and then we're rolling down the hill and then it picks up you know momentum and then suddenly we're a giant snowball and. Blah,
0: blah, 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 blah. No, um, dude. And, you know, as as romantic as I am, I believe that we're all just Sisyphus. We're pushing the fucking rock up the hill forever. That's it.
1: That's actually what I refer to myself as, post as. <laughs> I have for a long time. Like, I'm just, I, when, I was, uh, when I came back from from uh, having COVID last time, I was like, Sisyphus is back. You know, because it, it was never more obvious than it was at the post office. Because you never. I mean, like what is a uh, old uh, Newman, you know the mail just keeps coming. It just never stops. It just keeps coming. You never get anywhere. You know, you just keep pushing the fucking rock up the hill, but we keep going in the same circle.
0: Yeah, we are. We're, we're just Sisyphus and I would like to try to make some change to where maybe as we push the rock, it gets smaller or, or something. And, and I know that that's difficult But here's the thing, is that you mentioned voting for president every four years because a lot of people are really proud of themselves for doing that. Which is (laughs) fucking stupid. But again, you know, we went over those numbers when we were talking about voting, and that means that 18 million people didn't do it every four years. And that's just between 18 and 24. So we're not doing even the f- every four years thing, let alone the midterms and your local elections. Fucking local amendments and referendums are so important to everything that we do because that that affects this transnational capital capital to some degree because those local people that we're talking about are the ones like when Amazon said that they were going to open up a second headquarters and all of these cities all across the United States started sucking Jeff Bezos' dick and they were doing PowerPoint slides and they're inviting them to fucking dinner and they're saying this, yeah, no taxes here and we're going to give you this building and this land is going to be leased at only a dollar and all of this shit that we kind of talked about in in the corporate welfare part. If we elect the correct people, and when I say the correct people, I mean the ones that have similar beliefs to you, and put them in those local posts, whether we're talking state, county, city, whatever, then you kind of have some say as to What they're going to do when something like that happens. I mean, Nike was going to open up a plant and the city of Golden started, you know, wooing Nike and they offered them a shit ton of stuff. I I have no idea why Nike didn't open their plant because basically they gave them everything. I think it was no taxes for 20 years they were going to help house some of their fucking employees. I mean, it was just stupid, dude. That could be. I, I don't know. <laughs> so, as as stupid as it sounds, at the local and state level, you could possibly affect that transnational capital that we're talking about on a small level. I know that it's bigger than Amazon and Nike but they're part of it
1: okay so so i i get that but this is where again this is i will circle back into you know the an understanding of how the system reproduces itself reflecting the way that that system actually functions i will never tell you not to, to, to vote but the way in which we divide our political system from our economic system is a way of insulating institutions like you know Nike and Amazon from having any real accountability in the first place so I I, like it I mean
0: well it's also the fact that we started treating corporations as a person
1: give me more than than 13 seconds okay so we need to see now you made me lose my train of thought motherfucker
0: sorry dude (laughs) My bad. You want to just sit here with dead air for a little while? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Go ahead and say what you're going to say about
0: corporations. No, that's all I was... I just wanted to pop that in there because you were talking about the corporations again, so... No,
1: I, I was talking about understanding something and, and ref- I hadn't even got. I hadn't even gotten to that point. What I was talking... is you were talking about elections and you were focusing on elections again because you love to focus on elections, right? I was talking about how you at least need to have a strategy that where, where if you're separating your political system out from your economic system, you understand that that's happening, which means that you don't over-romanticize political activity. You understand right from the get-go. Now, having said that, I mean, the, what the right-wing managed to do over the course of the last eight years since the Tea Party ship <clears throat> has been nothing short of remarkable. I mean, they have effectively neutralized a ton of things in in, in the United States by... Uh, by dealing with the judges the way that they dealt with the judges, so obviously there are things you can do. Um, and uh, stacking the Supreme Court the way that the Supreme Court is stacked, um, at least keeping parity um, in the the Senate. So the the Senate, you know, I mean, which you don't really need much of anyway, because you got Joe Manson, Mansion, and Christian Cinema standing standing there identifying themselves as progressive people who are uh, the most reactionary democratic jackasses in the history of the universe. Um, but <clears throat> the point is, I just, I don't, I, like, if we keep circling back to, of, of course, people need to vote, vote and everything. I mean, that that sort of goes without saying at some point in time. But if it just keeps, if we just keep, if the, if the conversation keeps degenerating back into a space where... Uh, if everybody votes and then after they they vote, if, if if we don't get the change I want, then I'll say that I'm wrong. I mean, that's, that's not really, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't do anything for us. These, these people are highly creative. Like we have to become, you know, and, and we need to understand that there are going to be consequences for it. If we're really, if we're really serious about it, you know, I mean, you need to, to have that sort of like matrix revolutions moment where the system is about to buckle on itself, because that's the only way that you're going to really get the change that you want, you know, where, uh, I mean the, uh, the what's his the analyst guy what's his name what, what do they call him in the in the second film the dude in white
0: in the Matrix
1: yeah the architect yeah so the architect he tells he tells Neil that that uh, you you either come back in and do what we've asked you to do and put your about self back in or uh, we're gonna kill. The entire crop of humans and we're willing to accept a certain level of of existence well that's that's obnoxious and just like this system here it's it's obnoxious they uh, the system is predicated on us you know this is where i absolutely agree with your numbers argument it it does need to have it does need to have us
0: well and uh, so the only reason i mentioned elections again was because you were talking about the people that vote every four years and i was just saying that that's not enough, um, voting period is, is not enough. Um, but these, and then when I interrupted you and made you lose your train of thought, I was just talking about how basically they have made corporations into a person.
1: person.
0: And that is kind of where, you know, at least, one issue lies, if not multiple issues. uh, I
1: don't disagree. The point is correct.
0: If we can, if we can take that back and say, Hey, you're not a person, you're a fucking corporation. Then we can start treating that corporation as such, because right now those corporations have the same rights as a person. Which
1: is just fucking weird to even think about. I mean, especially because it's essentially just unionized capital. I mean, that's all it's, it's, Socialized, socialized
0: capital.
1: So, oh. how do you roll that back? Though, I mean, that, that, they're they're
0: never gonna. What, and what was the? What was the... Well, that was a so. Again, you know, we're talking policy versus precedent, or yeah. or actual legislation versus precedent. So the reason that that came up is because it was a Supreme Court ruling, and that is why we are now treating corporations as a person.
1: But it was from a long, it was quite a while
0: ago. Um, I want to say like 20, 25 years, maybe. No, I think it's um, well, regardless of the time frame, and if I'm wrong, I apologize to all of you. No, I'm
1: saying um, the only reason why I bring it up that way is because if it's, if the precedent has been, you know, Rooted for quite a bit longer, then it's going to be a tough thing. To personhood, yeah, uh, eighteen eighty-six, uh, Santa Clara County, Southern Pacific Railroad. That was the first time that they talked about it as being a, a person.
0: Yeah, but I'm talking about the United States Supreme Court versus that was,
1: that was the United States Supreme Court
0: in Santa Clara, California.
1: They, they, yes.
0: Okay. Well, then that was definitely fucking longer than 25 years.
1: This is the first time Supreme Court was reported to hold the 14th Amendment uh, equal protection clause grant constitutional protection to corporations as well as to natural persons. So, yeah. <clears throat> so, that I mean, the reason why I bring it up is because being that far back, yeah, I, I, yeah of course, like, corporations are not people. I mean, boy, that was one of the... The smartest moves of capital that ever existed in the history of uh, jurisprudence.
0: That's that is just fucking crazy to me, dude. That, and I guess it makes sense though because the railroads were some of the greediest, cutthroat corporations you know from back then the only other ones that i could say were you know on that level would be like the steel guys you know carnegie's peeps yeah um who was the dupont oil guy
1: oh i can't i can't remember that he was was not rockefeller was they that was they were standard weren't
0: they standard oil yeah not dupont oil Mm -hmm. sorry DuPont's a different guy, chemicals, but yeah, same, same basic thing. So I guess it wouldn't surprise me because back then, you know, the, the railroads were stealing people's land left and right under fucking eminent domain yeah. so that they could, you know, do Probably the cross continental you know, railroad a penny,
1: pennies on the dollar for it. Yeah.
0: yeah. And if you didn't sell, then from what I understand, and a lot of this is based on movies and little clips that I've read from back then, but they might disappear. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: which again, wouldn't surprise me because back then there weren't a lot of laws. Like you could shoot a guy for offending you, um, without being charged for murder. Um, or maybe you were charged for murder, but, you know, you could just go to the next territory and well, they, and that, hide.
1: There was that uh, private. Thug, what, what was that? The Wells Fargo. Yeah, and there was an, that one. There was another one too. But yeah, those guys I mean, they just killed motherfuckers, dude.
0: They, yeah. So I mean, you could hire thugs and and have them kill people, and if you were a corporation with what would equate to now billions of dollars, um it would probably be a lot easier to do.
1: It seems like in this day and age, the fact that much as we hate the uh, the surveillance side of everything, through technologies, you know, through cameras, so, you know, there, if you could manipulate that <clears throat> to where you were visible and they couldn't just, you know, because it, it should be harder to disappear a person right now. You know, I mean, your, your point about Assange a few episodes back, you know, that they, 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 they I I'd still argue that they probably wouldn't wouldn't do it to him for a couple of different reasons, but they certainly have it in their power. They
0: yeah, but dude, so the guys that are in control of stuff, I mean, we're talking about a company or a country that has the technological ability to write a fucking virus that seeks out a specific piece of hardware used to spin fucking uranium and crash it. So we didn't even have to go to Iran to make that happen. We just fucking sent the virus out over the web. Um, so how hard would it be to kill somebody and then fucking erase the CCTV or if, if, whatever. If that
1: were the case, then they would just disappear people anytime it was convenient. So, like for in, for instance, right? I think uh, there's there's a lawyer. His name is uh, Stephen Donzinger. He was I think it was Ecuador. He went and sued uh, one of the big oil companies. I can't remember what it's one of the, Exxon ExxonMobil or something like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, because the oil production that was going on in the Central American country where they were functioning, uh, it killed a bunch of indigenous people. I mean, it was it was it was so. Like painfully obvious that, uh, um, got, like it, it, the burden the burden of proof was so embarrassingly easy to negotiate that he ends up winning like a like a billion dollar ruling against uh, against this uh, multi billion I think actually when it was also uh, against that specific oil company I should go, go look that up a little <laughs> bit more but uh, so Donzinger um, there's an appeal that happens and when he goes to the appeal. They find him contempt, in, in, in contempt for some weird, like, it was like a contempt thing that they hadn't used since, like, 1836 or something like that. And uh, it was something that had never landed anybody in jail, right? But they put him in jail for months over it. They put him in house house. He ended up being a house arrest, I think, for, like, two years or something. And they finally uh, released him. Uh no, it was Chevron. He, was it Chevron? Okay. They finally released him, but uh, nobody did anything. I mean everybody just sorta you know, I mean there's no reason if, if you believe in justice at all. There's no reason why that guy belongs in in, in prison. So I mean I acknowledge that power of functions in a certain way, but like just, just you don't need to you don't need to disappear people. That that draws you know, you can disappear Epstein. Epstein needed to be
0: disappeared. Well, you could disappear him in different ways. I mean, again, if you throw them in jail or house arrest or you know whatever, these I was days. About killing. I mean, that was
1: what. Yeah. Right,
0: and and I I think you can kill some people, and I think they still do kill people. I mean. It, it just depends on who you are and what you've done how badly you've pissed somebody off
1: but it, but it isn't just that that's not the only calculus i mean cuz dude julian assange pissed some people in power i mean the entire military industrial complex wanted to drop bombs on that motherfucker you know right. i mean they were not happy you know the everybody that had a you know did circle jerks with dick cheney you know they were not they were not in love with him you know and then after the It's funny. He he made an enemy out of everybody, which really kind of makes me like him more, you know, because he was what he said he was. He was honest. He if you're going to pull some shit with some emails and try to force Bernie out of 2016, then I'm going to steal your emails and let it. Well, somebody's going to give me or anybody. That's a different story for a different day. I mean, my God, those emails were like right out. They're basically stuck in the middle everywhere. He's he's put them up there for God and everybody to see. But. It's not just because he pissed. You, he, you know, I mean, he's a person that I'm sure like somebody's sitting there going, God damn, i really like to kill that motherfucker. But everybody's looking, you know? So, you can, I mean, there are moments where it becomes more difficult. Now, you're metaphorical, disappearing him, obviously. I mean, the dude's been, I mean, he hid in Ecuador for all, or that the embassy for all that time. And then he's in the UK for. Like,
0: well, so maybe that's what they try to do to begin with. Uh-huh. So maybe there's steps in it. And this is again speculation on my part, but maybe. Well, you don't
1: know how it's, the it's a, process works.
0: It's a process, right? So first they discredit you, then they hide you, punish you some way, put you in jail, throw you in the shoe, whatever make you be on house arrest and catch you off from the internet and all outside communication. And then if that shit still doesn't work, maybe they take one more step, whatever that may be. And if you still continue to be a pain in the ass, then you fucking kill them. I don't, I don't know, but I know historically they've killed people. I mean, it depends on in how- Nicaragua, they trained entire forces on how, Born to in, black bag people, born.
1: Born <laughs> the, the death squads. Yeah, of yeah. So, yeah. yeah, yeah I, guess. I guess in both places they did it for sure. So. But uh, it depends. So that, but that that brings up that that was the point that I was going to go to. It depends on how you relate to the system of power in the first place. So like we brought uh, that Luis Rosa guy to Metro, who was a perfect independence guy, right? And uh, um, they were you know talking all kinds of shit. He wasn't part of the group that that bombed uh, their. Uh, legislature because there were some independistas that did put a bomb off in the, in the, the Puerto Rican legislature but uh, um, they were drawing all kinds of attention to Vieques and the way that they were doing the testing uh, weapons on on, on on that island and then something happened where they were escalating it but he 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 went to when he's 18 he went to prison straight and for 27 years and while he was in prison uh, they kept trying to get him to roll over on people. Well, and, and
0: that's what I in. was going to say too. Maybe that was maybe that's one of the steps in the process. Uh, if they figure out how to turn you and use you, uh, you know, uh, then maybe they realize there's no need to kill you. But
1: they
0: killed through his family members in the process. So. <laughs> See, yeah, yeah, and that's that's a way to do it too. Like I always had these weird fucking paranoid fantasies that if I did something wrong, they wouldn't go after me, but they'd go after those that I cared about, right? Holy shit. I wonder if the mic picked that up. That was, <laughs> that was my stomach growling. Um, yeah, so I I don't know um, whether or not, and maybe that's what they do. They Everybody
1: just has a weak spot, that's for
0: sure. Kill your fucking wife instead of killing you to shut you up. You know, cut her brake line and let her drive off the road. Accidents happen. I think toward the end there, and if that was my fault, I apologize. I know we kind of strayed from the transnational capital thing. Um,
1: I think we did fine.
0: Okay. Then, uh, you know, we're coming up on 45 minutes, so I think we probably need to, to say our goodbyes and, and wrap things up. Um, once again... I'm Brian Courtney with Short Bus Debate Club. You can reach us on Twitter or via the telephone at mm-hmm. 720-334-ROLL. Is that oh, right? Is that, I'm Darren okay.
1: Jolly, and I really would rather not be disappeared. We just are hanging out and chatting, everybody. So trying to think of <laughs> right. <Yeah.
0: laughs> Have a good day. We'll yeah. talk to you later. 100%.